Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Anklets? Uh, it's Lauren back again, and uh, this is the second official episode of Brainwell. I'm sorry that it took so long to make. Um, I've just, I have no excuse. I'm apparently very bad at sticking to a schedule that I've set for myself. Anyway, this is the second official episode of Brainwell. You're, of course, tuned into the channel Sunwhale, and to that I say welcome to the pod. So, before I start this week's show, I just wanted to thank everyone who has tuned in, echoed, and interacted with me these last couple weeks. Um, I've really loved to see a community start to develop in our little corner of the internet, um, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. Um, it, I think kind of between all of us, there are a lot of great ideas being shared and that we're all kind of teaching each other in ways that we wouldn't be able to do on our own and at a rate we may not have been able to accomplish by ourselves. Um, so I'm stoked about that. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it and for submitting your own content. It's, it's been fantastic. I also realized today that I was in the top 100 in the trending charts, so... I mean, that's pretty great, so thank you so much for everyone who's been clapping and calling in and and uh, doing all that junk. It's, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. So now that I've stopped gushing, let's, let's dive into the good stuff. Speaking of this totally unplanned segue, uh, let's talk a little bit more about community. And no, I'm not talking about the TV show, although um, <laughs> uh, that would actually be a pretty good show. And I would totally talk about that. No, I'm talking about, you know, the original definition of community, which is like a group of people who are all sharing common perspectives and in, in, are in the same geographical location or setting and they're all doing things together. That kind of community. That's what I'm talking about. And the reason that I want to talk about community is because I think it's one of the most interesting aspects of our society and I don't even think that we realize it sometimes just because it's just a part of our lives. Just think about the scale of the communities around you. The fact that we were ever able to get more than five people to exist somewhat cohesively is absolutely wild. I mean, like, think back to the last group project in school and how like stressful that was trying to coordinate five people imagine having an entire group of people who all have different perspectives it's just it's amazing like our ability to form communities has been the key to the success of our species i think and we've grown and developed this this practice of developing communities and and growing communication we've practiced this for thousands of years and so we've been building communities and developing communities for years. And then at some point, this thing called the internet comes into play. And then all of a sudden, virtual worlds start appearing. So, you know, online communities that are popping up over a TV show that everyone loves or um, groups that are all talking about stocks and finances. These communities start popping up in the forms of chat rooms and then eventually social media, um, Anchor included. And the development of these virtual worlds and these online communities has been of interest to me for quite some time, and it's led to the topic of discussion today for this episode. Is the existence of virtual communities producing a positive, negative, or neutral effect on the existence of our real-life communities and how they operate? And I guess also, just because they exist online, does this make them any less of a community. 
that's kind of what I'm gonna talk about today. Please call in with your own perspectives as well. So there's this crotchety old person in me that feels that virtual communities are threatening the thousands of years we've spent cultivating our way of communicating. Because if you think about it, when you talk to a person in real life, you have really only three things that you can pay attention to, and that's what they're saying, how they're saying it, and then their body language. And we have to take all this data in and process it in real time, and then we have to provide a response to that, at, like, basically once they're done talking. But when you're online, uh, people who are talking to each other can edit or change their responses before they hit send, they can take time to come up with an answer, um, and it's not as organic as it would be in a regular conversation. And because of this ability, people can also lie about who they are and how they fit into their communities. You know, it's that saying, it's that meme of the dog on the laptop and it's on the internet nobody knows you're a dog. Um, I guess on the darker side of the same coin, in the real world, no one would mistake a pedophile for an eight-year-old girl. And so this lack of organic conversation and this um, ease of ability to alter your persona and how you're coming across over the internet um, is definitely one of those things that is unique to virtual communities that you can't get as easily in a real-life community. But, I mean, just because virtual communities may comprise of individuals pretending they belong to a different group, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. I mean, there's communities that are built around this idea, right? Like, MUDs or MUDs are just communities made completely out of imaginary personas interacting with each other. So, um, if you boil it down, I think the core argument that the crotchety old person within me has against virtual communities is that Every moment that you're spending interacting with a community online and with peers online, you're detracting from your real-life physical community. And I feel like a lot of people find that real life is more real. Um, and I'm not sure that this is the case, I might talk about this later. Um, but by spending more time with an online community and not paying attention to your physical community, you might be, by extension, missing out on the real-life experiences that come with that. So, we've got this very traditionalist argument that virtual communities, um, because of their nature, are ruining the real-life communities as we know them. But I think there's another side of this conversation where virtual communities uh, can be considered safe havens for people who don't feel like they necessarily fit into their physical community. Like, for example, LGBTQ plus humans who may be growing up or living in a less inclusive region of the world can probably find some kind of safety online with others who share their identity. These are people that they may not have been able to find otherwise, and so I can't help but see the value in that. I mean, virtual communities can unite those who may otherwise feel isolated in any other circumstance. So, well, maybe as a traditional thinker, virtual communities are a waste of time where they're detracting from, uh, you know, your physical community. In other situations, spending time with an online community could potentially be more rewarding or a more positive experience for some people uh, than it would be if they spent time in their immediate location. And, okay, okay, let's actually just stop and think about how amazing this is. 
I mean, before the internet and before social media and Anchor and all this great stuff that's existed, before all that, we had to learn to get along with the people that we grew up in school with, basically. Um, and Or we had to get along with our neighbors. We were completely socially bound to our geographic location. And if you didn't make friends for whatever reason, and you couldn't move away to a different location where you could start fresh, you're completely out of luck. And now, thanks to these virtual communities and these online social platforms, we can connect with almost anyone. And this maximizes our chances of finding peers and friends and making meaningful connections. So even though this may not be the traditional way of doing things, I still think it's really heavily valuable. And I mean, sure, when you interact with the world around you as opposed to online, you're interacting without a safety net um, or, you know, another life in your game. And this can be high risk, um, but this has been the traditional human experience. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the future of the human experience. And I think that's a really interesting question, an interesting concept to think about. I think sometimes we as a collective species try to take evolutions or variations of a theme and compare them side by side to each other. I mean, even look at us as an example. Humans evolved from primates, and now both primates and humans exist. And we don't act the same. Just because we share a common ancestry doesn't mean that we have to behave the same. And this same concept should be applied to communities as well. I mean, our drive for social interaction and acceptance and connectedness and all that good stuff, that's allowed for communities to develop out of a physical space and into a virtual one. And just because they all stem from the same concept of community doesn't mean that we have to choose one or the other or we have to behave it has to behave the same on both platforms that's why it evolved is because something that was happening in real life communities wasn't happening online and vice versa that's why we have both that's why we have evolution and so now real life communities have shifted from family groups to tribes to the cities and towns that we know them today and they're going to continue to evolve and they're going to keep growing and changing into our future and now virtual communities are going to grow and shift in parallel with the real world and whether this will be seen as a positive or negative thing in the future um is kind of up in the air because we're in the present um but it's really interesting to look at all the different perspectives here because um, I'm completely biased on the side of virtual communities. I see the value in them, I see how they can work to the benefit of, of people. But I know that there's other perspectives out there that see it as a detriment to people's immediate. And if they stop caring about their immediate environment, then, you know, what's holding towns and things like that together? So I'm very interested to see all the different perspectives here. Um, if you guys want to explore this topic a little bit more you know that i'm always down to respond to your call-ins um i i do find this a ridiculously interesting topic um so i'm always open for a wee bit of a chat all right everyone so that's it for brain whale today um i'm so sorry that it took so long to spit this one out uh, 
I realized I just apologized again. Uh, I got a call in from Emily from the Innovation Intern. She says that I apologize a lot at the beginning of my podcasts. Um, it, it's it's just my Canadianness, Emily. I'm so sorry. Oh, damn it! I said it again. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you'll call in with your thoughts or your comments. Do you have any other perspectives or points, or do you agree, do you disagree? I'd really like to hear um, any feedback also on the format. I'm still trying to sort of get my get my bearings as to what people want from this channel, so if you could just even give me your feedback on that, I'd be, I'd be super stoked to get that. So that's it for now, everyone. Um, thanks for tuning in. I have been Lauren, uh, the channel has been Sunwheel, and I will talk to you again soon.